As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny, off-brand, upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny, to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley. I'm an Atlanta-based filmmaker. I'm a comedian, and I love to open doors for people. Uh, I almost always smile and wave at folks, even if I'm not in my neighborhood, Mark. I've just always done it. If I'm walking in a friend's neighborhood, I smile and wave and be like, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm just being friendly. First of all, I think that's great. Also, I'm definitely a waver (laughs) as well. And I've noticed I do this thing. It's not a good thing, but it's just like sometimes I'll see someone in the distance and I'm like, oh, that could be someone that I know. And I'll like wave mm-hmm. as if I know them a lot of times. I, I do this a decent amount. Uh, anyway, I also applaud a lot. Like when someone starts clapping, <laughs> even if I don't know why, I, I, I like participating. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Mark Kendall. I'm an Atlanta-based comedian. And, you know, I try to remember to use please and thank you when I can. And if you haven't guessed already, today is a deep dive episode where we're going to be talking about manners. So like good manners, bad manners, uh, and how manners can, you know, be different or vary around the world. Uh, So to kick things off, uh, we're going to hop into some ridiculous news nibbles where we'll be talking about a couple quick ridiculous stories about manners in the last several years. To start, we got an awesome story about a national lottery winner who thanked a shopper for letting him jump in the queue, or as with Americans would say, cut in line. Yes. So there was a shopper that had a lottery ticket. And I don't know how things work in Yorkshire, which is where this story takes place, but they had a ticket. They were running out of time to put it in. And so Mm -hmm. someone let them cut in line, put in their ticket. And then they became millionaires. So they were very thankful. Wow. Yeah. So Aaron uh, Walshaw and his fiance, Sari Hall, they're from Yorkshire. They won the Lotto Raffle Prize recently. 
and apparently had the customer not let them go first, uh, Mr. Walshaw believes he would have missed the deadline for the draw. And so I want to read a quote from Mr. Walshaw where he said, we had a free lucky dip ticket, which is just a cool phrase to me. I don't know. <laughs> I, know. I, I don't so really play the lottery. A lucky dip ticket. Yeah, yeah. I, was just like, my lucky, I don't know why I made him Irish. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just thought that phrase was really fun because I'm not familiar with that term. So he said, uh, we had a free lucky dip ticket from the previous draw to use, and I knew it was only minutes until the draw closed. Wow. I popped into a nearby shop where me and another lady approached the same cashier. She must have seen that I was in a rush because she insisted I went before her, which is very kind. He added, yeah. what a stroke of luck that turned out to be. So Mr. Walshaw bought a ticket, and that evening the couple counted their collection of pennies and were chuffed uh, to find that they had about 50 pounds for a camping trip. Uh, the following day they discovered they were millionaires. So that's wow, a, I love that blow up. Yeah, and I love that. What a I'm, how deserving and fun is it? You know, when a rich person wins a lottery, depressing. When someone who had to count their pennies to make sure they had enough for a camping trip. If you're going camping, you know you're probably already a penny pincher. Um, it's that's delightful that they won. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Hey, Bill. I don't know if you can see, but outside there's someone there. They look really rich. And they're waving at oh you. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, hello. Hello. Come on in. <laughs> hello. It is me, uh, Pemberton Nichols the third. I'm here. Oh, to Pemberton sp- Nichols. Yes, I don't know if you remember me, uh, Bill Worley, but back in elementary I, school, they just mm-hmm. called me little bit Pem. Little little bitty Pem. That's kind of ringing a bell. How how can I it's so good to well, see you? Well, Pem. well, well, Bill, I've come to thank you. I've come to thank you, Bill. For you see. Many years ago, when we were in elementary school, we were in line to use the water fountain. And you were so nice. You were so kind. You let me cut in front of you at the water fountain. But what you didn't know, Bill, is because you let me in front in the water fountain, that water, that that, that tamed my thirst. It quenched my thirst. And that hydration gave me the extra strength I needed that day on my walk home to follow a little goat that led me to a pot of gold in the forest. I wisely invested it in real estate, and I have now become a millionaire rich beyond my wildest, wildest dreams. And so I've come here, Bill, to thank you and to also give you this gift. Little Pips, I think, oh my, oh my God, it's a a boat. Yes, it is a boat. It is a yacht (laughs) that you can use. And also, if you'll, there's a card there and basically okay. that card there says like anytime you need to fill up the tank I got you also I got the oh. insurance covered so I hope you oh like the high God. seas bill because you're you're oh, a sea captain a, now so wait so so this is like a model of an actual yacht yes yeah, that, so that, that small little boat that you have there that's what your actual yes. boat looks like I know that you're in Atlanta oh my not a lot of water God. here but hey <laughs> you can get if you can get yourself to a river or to an ocean you're hooked up baby Pip, it is wonderful to see you. I don't know if I can take credit for your amazing lucky find, but oh, I appreciate Bill, the yacht. if you had not let me cut in line, surely I would have been more dehydrated and I would not have had the energy to follow that goat into that mystical forest. And so it was you I, and your unselfishness that allowed for my fairy tale life to become possible. Well, I I appreciate it. And here, here's an extra... Uh, LaCroix, just in case you need that. Gulp, um, gulp, 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 nice, gulp. 
Who knows what I might find today? I pray that that fantastical little goat will visit me once again. And no, Bill, whatever I make from here on out because of this LaCroix is yours as well. My goodness. Thanks so much, Pip. Yes, I'm going to go now. I, my helicopter is waiting for me in the food court. You're so fancy yet so kind. Yes, yes, yes. Not a lot like me, but we'll see. I'm sure I'm sure the money will corrupt me one day, but that day is not today. Ta-ta! Ta-ta! Wow, y'all. Let that be a lesson. Wow. Let people cut in line. Let people cut in line. They got a reason. They got a good reason. Well, what a good reminder to mind your P's and Q's, Mark. And uh, this next story from Dutch News is all about that. Uh, minding literally your P's because in Amsterdam, they installed a plant pot street urinals mm. to help improve toilet manners. That's right. Uh, in Amsterdam, when people, you know, maybe they get intoxicated, they're out peeing, it can erode historic walls, it can create a stench. And it says it may even lead to the deaths of several young men a year who try to use a canal late mm. at night because they obviously they fall in, they're intoxicated. So now Amsterdam is trying to make wild placid, <laughs> which is their term for urinating outdoors. Okay. Wild placid. Better for humans and for the environment by investing in a set of green pea urinals. Now, I remember, Mark, when I was in Amsterdam back in um, the early 2000s, 2006, they did have outdoor, they had just put in some like, and I don't know if they had just put in, but they were like outdoor urinals, which is weird. Yep. You know, you're, you're walking along the canal and it's like you kind of go around a corner and you're peeing. And so you can look out and see people walking by as you're urinating, which is a, is a weird it's just a weird thing. But I think they took those away. And so it sounds like they have a new thing. Okay. Um, so from Friday evening, late night drinkers in the red light district, lights plane and rim plant plane will be able to use 12 new facilities, which are plant pots during the day and urinals at night. <laughs> um, the urine will be harvested for its phosphates and recycled as clean water. While the hardy plants are fed only by rainwater, thanks to a reservoir and a series of wicks inside the soil. Just makes me think differently about potted plants in, in cities. And I hope not that anyone should do this in any potted plant. Um, but Richard DeVeris, who is the inventor of Green Pea, told Dutch News, my ambition is to place these in different cities and carrying on innovating. He says, quote, we can make electricity with urine and would be good if it could power a light. <laughs> Maybe it could be a city announcement board for public health messages, too. Hey. Sounds like a good idea. I love how solution-focused it is, as opposed to yeah. figuring out ways to punish people for uh, pissing outside. You know, so like I, I like how right. I like I like how it's how solution-focused the story is. Yeah, obviously, you know, from thinking back when I was there, this must have been a constant problem. I mean, Amsterdam's kind of a wild place. I, I think the people, the Dutch that live there, might not get as, as wasted, but there's a lot of tourists that probably make some big mistakes. Um, so. Just, yeah, to your point, wonderful way to kind of both fix a problem that was constant, you know, probably make, I assume the plants are pretty. Um, and, you know, if you're thinking about a new plant for your garden <laughs> in your backyard, uh, you know, now you, you got another option. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, I'm going to kind of switch topics a little bit. This is a pretty different yeah. story. So, okay. We all know Taco Bell. Well, this story was pretty interesting. A Taco Bell diner was assaulted for not saying excuse me after burping. So very wow. strange, right? So what happened apparently was there was a 20-year-old person, Isaiah Morris, 
and they said they, they were enjoying their lunch, you know, at Taco Bell, when a man interrupted them to ask if Morris had just belched and not said, excuse me. And so Morris is confused because it's just like, you're like, what? Uh, and right. Morris asked the man to repeat himself. And that apparently set the man off. So reading this, I don't even know if Morris did burp or not at all. But but like, right. and then Morris said the man picked up a chair and struck him in the arm, oh then grabbed his throat and tried to headbutt him. Oh my God. Yes. Now, fortunately, a worker at the restaurant intervened and the suspect fled in a white vehicle uh, believed to be a pickup truck. So kind of like a random occurrence. But, you know, it's interesting to be like, hey, did you burp and not say excuse me? Well, before you have a chance to answer, I'm going to initiate a fight. That doesn't seem very polite, you know. Yeah, this is just another reminder that, you know, we all need to take a deep breath sometimes. Maybe, you know, uh, therapy is healthy for all people, I think. Uh, This man, I mean, God knows what this man decided or was going through that decided to attack this guy. But, you know, uh, I hope that he gets help for whatever's causing him to pick on people for maybe burping. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, for our main course today, we're going to talk about manners. We're going deep in. This is a really fun topic. There's a lot of really interesting stuff about manners, old and new, and different ways that different people around the world have different manners than us here in America. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, Now, what is a manner? A manner is a characteristic or customary mode of acting. Uh, according to Merriam-Webster, and it's also a mode or procedure, a way of acting, obviously different manners and different cultures. And we have a couple examples of people doing big cultural manner blunders in history. Yeah, so we'll start with some presidential blunders. So 
Going back to 1801, at the presidential inauguration ceremony of Thomas Jefferson, the outgoing president, John Adams, was nowhere to be seen. Uh, He was not even invited, apparently. For his part, Adams had appointed to high office several anti-Jefferson men, and he had done that just before leaving office. So I didn't realize this, but apparently sometimes, I mean, I'm not surprised that, you know, presidents that were uh, brushing up against each other maybe didn't get along that well. I didn't realize that it was necessarily documented in this way. Uh, It goes on to say Jefferson, in turn, uh, did not attend the funeral of George Washington. And I didn't know that. And then in 1829, John Quincy Adams, another one-term only president like his father, uh, stayed clear of Andrew Jackson's inauguration. So I I didn't realize that that was necessarily, uh, I wouldn't say it's common, but I didn't realize that it had happened that many times in that way. Yeah, I mean, either you just think of Trump nowadays mm-hmm. being the one being super rude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people uh, were, you know, I don't know that I'd want to go to Andrew Jackson's inauguration no. either. Though, <laughs> no, I, would not. <laughs> I was like, probably a good call on that. <laughs> <laughs> to be yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and, you know, in the years, here's another one, Mark. In the years before the Civil War, a representative um, beat another guy with a walking cane on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Preston Brooks of South Carolina was outraged by an anti-slavery speech Sumner had given and beat him with a cane and then stopped short of killing him only because the cane unexpectedly broke. And, you know, we've been dealing with race a lot in this country (laughs) and clearly it's an ongoing thing. I I think I remember a drawing of this in my history books of this happening. Oh God, really? Yeah, I I think so. And I I don't want to mix up stories, but I'm pretty sure I remember... Like in my history book, seeing a satirical cartoon or something of a man with a cane, like about to smash another person that's on the floor. Uh, so that sounds wow. familiar. Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives has held scenes like that as well. You know, in 1858, and I this is at nearly 2 a.m., wow. members were discussing the admission of the Kansas Territory into the Union. And some South Carolina folks grew angry, exchanged insults, arguing whether Kansas should be free or slave, and that switched to blows. And more than 30 representatives jumped into the fight, leading to a brawl. Um, the situation diffused after Wisconsin Republicans John Potter and Caldwater, what a, this is a real 1800s name, <laughs> Caldwater Washburn. <laughs> Mr. Caldwell Washburn <laughs> ripped the toupee from the head of William Boxdale. I like the why did that stop it? I don't know. I, apparently that was one step too far. I'm curious too. Like, was it like, hey, 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 we've gone too far? <laughs> or did he like rip off the toupee? And so I was like, you know what? That's pretty funny. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, <laughs> slavery. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> you know <what> saying? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, that is a curious detail. Yes. That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. People just giggly gooed. And then, yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, what about sports? You know, uh, yeah. Our, our researcher Casey was kind enough to pull some uh, unsportsmanlike moments in history, and some of these I remember very well. So, in the 2006 World Cup final against Italy, uh, French midfielder uh, Zidane uh, headbutted an opponent, and I remember seeing this because for I'm not a huge soccer fan but i remember seeing this um, yeah and it, and, and it was and it was it was kind of it was tough too because zidane was a great player from what i understand and yeah, i guess just epic. like i don't know i don't know what happened but 
they had this brief moment of, um, you know, uh, misjudgment and, uh, or, you know, ma- made a mistake and got him really good in the chest. It was, it was it, from, from my vantage point, watching it on TV, um, it, it was really violent. And so the referee yeah. gave a straight red card. Uh, French would eventually lose the game on penalties. And then apparently it was later revealed that, you know, Zidane was provoked with a comment about his sister. Um, I don't know, but, but, but like, uh, but Zidane is now, uh, the manager of Real Madrid, uh, and is still remembered mainly for this moment of madness, apparently. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I know. I'm, I'm I'm not as familiar with Mm -hmm. soccer, but that definitely is a moment I'll remember. And here's another one, Mark. I remember, uh, when, uh, Mike Tyson, Mm -hmm. Evander Holyfield's ears. We yes. all remember that. Not the that's not a typical manner no. thing you do in a boxing fight. Um, you know, and Holyfield surprised Tyson with a victory. I remember now uh, Holyfield, who I shot a commercial with one time, Mark here in oh, wow. Atlanta, was a really nice guy. This was probably about you know five or six years ago, and it was a it was a PSA we did about um, road rage. It was a very weird PSA, uh, but um, he was very nice. And also, you know, being here in Atlanta as we are, we were, of course, rooting for our hometown hero, Holyfield, um, the real deal Holyfield. And so that was, it was just so shocking to see that happen live. And a timeout was called. A doctor confirmed Holyfield was able to continue. But after another bite, the fight was stopped. So if you don't remember, not only did it happen once, they kept fighting, and then Tyson was disqualified for biting it, and he spit out part of the ear. I remember the, that now. I, I forgot that the there was like the second game. bite. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, I remember Holyfield being from Atlanta was a big deal. When I was a kid, I ran into him at the mall, and I walked up to him and I said hi, and he was very nice. I was like, "Oh snap, he's cool," <laughs> you know. So right. I remember, I remember rooting for Holyfield in those fights. Yeah, he was for this short bit I did with him. He was very easy to work with mm-hmm. and kind, and didn't give anybody a hard time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of was let us be like, "Can you do this, this, and this?" And uh, and then he took pictures with us afterwards with him holding up his hand. So it was great. That's super nice. Well, Bill, let's yeah. talk about some different manners that we find all over the world. So there, there might be certain customs that we're familiar with here in America, but of course, you go someplace else, uh, things are a little different. And I always find this stuff super interesting just to kind of hear how people behave elsewhere. So apparently, I didn't know this, but in Japan, as well as some other places, uh, tipping is actually considered to be insulting. So by tipping, you're basically saying, hey, here's some extra money. You you need like more. It it apparently is is rude. It's saying like, uh, you're not communicating like you had a good experience. You're saying you had a bad experience. And uh, apparently that's that's a no no. And uh, yeah, so so to point more, it's like you're telling the what you're communicating by handing the money is that you need to go get some training <laughs> because you're bad at your job <laughs> is what's being communicated, which is so interesting. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's a taxi driver, server, bellhop, you just don't do it. It's mm-hmm. not good manners. You're literally insulting them, um, which as an American is very tough. Right, because it's like I think that our culture kind of says like if you tip someone, it's like oh man, you did such a good job. I also realize that tipping has like a confusing history here in America. I mean, we don't, for example, like in restaurants, we don't pay our servers enough hourly, so we right. gotta t- tip them. That would actually be an interesting thing to dive into at one point because I think there's like an interesting history behind 
tipping as well. But that's a tangent. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah, we should because I think we we both worked in server jobs mm-hmm. and those kinds of jobs, and mm-hmm. I, I used to make money off tips. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's stay tuned, folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Venezuela, it's actually polite to be late, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on time, you're considered. Uh, too eager and maybe too greedy. So you should arrive 15 to 20 minutes after the event is scheduled to begin. And I feel like it's, you know, I love to be on time. I'm prompt, but I will say I've learned in my age that if it's a party or like a social thing, you know, you can be 15 to 20 minutes late. Thank you, Venezuela. Yeah. Thank you, Venezuela. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's a few other uh, types of manners as well. So for example, uh, in most of Southeast Asia, apparently, if you're consuming a really good bowl of noodles, for example, or like a ramen, it's good manners to slurp loud and to show that you're enjoying it. It's a compliment uh, to the chef. And I have heard of this before in, in different places, like slurping is is good manners, um, which is was also just kind of interesting is because growing up in America, generally speaking, like when I was having like cereal or uh, soup, I was instructed not to do that. I was like, oh, that's a cool difference. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. And it probably would be a little annoying for us Americans, I'm sure. I don't like hearing people slurp. But if you grew up with it, you probably feel very different about it. Mm-hmm. And in Egypt, um, it's actually rude to ask for the salt uh, because you're directly, it's some funny how much of these are kind of food oriented. Um mm-hmm. But this, if you're asking for salt, you're telling the chef and the people in the restaurant that wasn't made correctly. You know, that's actually something that I feel like I've heard in America in certain places, you know? Like, I don't know where I picked yeah, it up or anything like that, but, yeah. like, if I was, um, and I think also, too, the way you ask. So, like, if I was at someone's house and they, like, set a plate of food on my table or something like that, like, they serve me food, I probably would not ask for salt. Just, just to for for that same reason, you know. Yeah, because uh, you don't want them to it. think they seasoned it poorly right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in general, I don't really add salt to anything usually anyway. And you're right. I think if it's like the fancier restaurant you're going to, the more like if you're at a Waffle House, sure, throw some salt on something. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you would assume it's going to be seasoned. So maybe some of that has creeped into American culture mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting, Mark. These are common hand gestures in the U.S. that are offensive in other countries. And this is super fascinating because you don't want to be traveling abroad and make these mistakes. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the V sign, which is the peace sign, if you're picturing it in your head, it's just holding up your fingers saying peace. Um, Anti-war activists actually adopted it as a symbol of peace originally. And in certain Commonwealth countries like the United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, an outward-facing V sign is an obscene gesture equivalent to giving someone the middle finger. So like if you turned your V peace sign towards you, mm-hmm. you're giving someone the middle finger, which oh. might be knowledge you could use, yeah. you know, depending on how you're feeling about the people you're interacting right. with <laughs> in those countries. I didn't realize that that was, first of all, I, di- I didn't realize that this was a thing and that the V sign was interpreted differently across the globe. And I'm also surprised to hear that it means something different even like in the United Kingdom. You know what I mean? I, I don't know why. I right. just surprised by that. Yeah, sometimes you think that we're so close in culture that it's going to be a lot of similarities. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Some pretty big differences. Well, another one, another gesture, Bill, that I was surprised by is that the thumbs up gesture, while in you know American culture and several other countries, 
it's like a sign of approval. I, I use the thumbs up a lot, you know, because maybe you're, Me too. you're away from someone or you're distant from someone. It's just like a quick, silent way to say like, thank you or good job or whatever. Uh, but apparently in several countries, uh, apparently in some parts of West Africa, as well as the Middle East, um, that same gesture has a connotation of up yours, which makes actually sense. You know, like I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> visually that makes sense. Um, so apparently it has a similar connotation as the middle finger in the U.S. I was like, oh, that's surprising to hear. Yeah, that is surprising. And, and also, speaking of, a lot of these are middle finger equivalents. Right, right. So we're giving you all ammo if you're <laughs> going to other countries. But one of them is, uh, you know, the si- signal OK when you make a circle with your thumb and your index finger to single OK in the U.S. If you're in Brazil, that is, again, is equivalent of the middle finger. Um, Richard Nixon once raised some eyebrows in the 1950s when he made that gesture in Brazil as he stepped off the plane. Mm. And he probably was just letting people know like he was doing okay. Mm-hmm. But what they were saying was something different. Oh, no. <laughs> little bit, it's, a, it's a tricky dick out there <laughs> making some friends in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently in recent years, the okay symbol has also been linked in America with white supremacy groups. And I have noticed some of that more recently, unfortunately. Right. Well, y'all, hand gestures. They can be different, different around the world. (laughs) We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, Mark. So we're back, and I was lucky enough to spend some time studying abroad when I was a kid. I recommend everyone do that. If you get a chance when you're in college or, you know, any chance, if it's even in high school, I think it was one of the best experiences of my life. I really enjoyed it. It really helped open my eyes to different cultures, to different people, made me appreciate. One of the big things for me was being in a country where, you know, English isn't the first language just instantly helped me to empathize with people in our country when they're, when they're struggling because they don't speak English. Um, Cause it's such a vulnerable place to be that, you know, it's always important to go out of your way to help those folks. 
Um, and I was lucky enough to have people help me when I was in Paris and traveling around. And I learned a lot about culture. So I was studying speech communication. So we talked a lot about manners and things like that. And in Paris, much like we were discussing, Mark, earlier, is is tipping is actually not as common. It's not considered rude, like in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of places in Europe, actually, it's it's just not as normal. And so... What's kind of interesting about that is sometimes that means Americans are looked at very nice. You know, you're like, hey, these people are giving me so much money. Yeah. And you might actually get a little bit of better service from folks if they know you're Americans because they know, you know, you might tip. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. And, you know, another interesting thing about... Paris and, and customer service. Now in America, we're just so used to customer service, people putting on a smile, putting on a friendly face. Um, it's, that's not a cultural norm mm-hmm. over there as much. So, you know, a server, if they're having a bad day, they're not going to pretend to be having a good day just to make you feel better. You know, so it's one of those things you had to learn to not necessarily take it personally. And it's not like someone was being really rude to you necessarily, mm-hmm. but they're just not being kind of the over the top polite customer service we might be used to here in the United States. And, you know, that's one of those things you kind of adjust to. That's super interesting because you, I, speaking for myself, I think I kind of take it for granted when I go to a restaurant, a server oftentimes will just be kind of a beat. That's just sort of like the culture sometimes. Um, but I totally respect that someone might be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that right now, you know, so right. it feels feels healthier, you know, so. It does, yeah. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like you're not, you're just, you're letting yourself be in a bad mood as opposed to pretending, mm-hmm. and maybe that helps that bad mood mm-hmm. alleviate. And I remember specifically, we went to a, a same restaurant over and over, and our server very much depended on how he was doing that day, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't trying to put on a face, but also was very kind, you know, he never was rude or anything, mm-hmm. but wasn't, wasn't faking it. Um Another interesting thing about being over there was that it was considered polite to talk to strangers about religion and politics as like an intro conversation. These are two topics, of course, here we know are definitely kind of blacklisted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's actually rude in France to start off by asking someone what they do for a living. That's so interesting because that's often like the second or third question I feel like a stranger in America will ask because it just seems to be a conversation starter. It's like, oh, what do you do? And, uh... You know, mm-hmm. I guess maybe you're trying to find common ground a lot of the time, or maybe that's a way right. to see if you know the same people. Um, that's so interesting uh, that they don't ask that. There's a woman named Vanessa Edwards, and sometimes I'm sure we'll do a deep dive on her. She does talks about conversations and body language and all these interesting things. And one of her quick adjustments, she has a TED Talk on this, um, because I find myself asking that question a lot, too. It's, what do you do? And some people, even here in America, might not be super happy with their job. So she says, shift it to, you know, what are you excited about? Like, what's your favorite part of your job? I like that. Um, so as opposed to being like, oh, what do I do? I, you know, they're, oh, I really like this one specific thing. And it just gives somebody a little bit more of something to grab onto if they if they don't love their job. That's great advice because I've definitely bummed some people out before just by asking them what they do and just the thought of their job. <laughs> you can see it like makes them just like, can we not talk about that? I'm like, sure, sure. You know, so. <laughs> right? It does. Yeah. It does, and, and it can can go so hard in either direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one of the other interesting things, and we were studying cultures when I was over there, was. Uh, the stereotype of Americans, and I thought this was really positive. And in a lot of Americans, when you're when you're going abroad, you know, it's like people stereotype French people a certain way. People stereotype 
you know, Germans a certain way, et cetera. And in general, the stereotype is, a, is the kind of loud, friendly American. We're looked at as always smiling, always friendly and helpful. So I found myself, the more that I was over and, and going around, and this again is specific to Europe a bit, but I think Americans in general are stereotyped as being friendly, outgoing, happy. And I would have people come up and ask me questions a lot once they realized I was American because they knew that, or the group I was with, we were Americans because they knew that we would try and be helpful and not be rude. Um, and that's a good stereotype to have in my mind. Yeah, it's cool to hear that that stereotype would be a thing because I, I have not, I'm not been abroad really or not for any length of time i mean i've been to canada you know but yeah so it's good to hear that that was the experience that's cool we're taking the cast overseas mark (laughs) (laughs) so uh another two quick things about smiling so something else about americans and this seems to be a stereotype a lot uh, is that we do smile a lot americans smile a lot in fact when people are coming to america they say uh, they give the advice that you will be smiling more than you're used to. Your face might actually get tired because you're smiling so much. And we do. We smile a lot. So one of the warnings that the professors and French folks gave to the women in the study abroad group is that when you're in Paris and if you're making eye contact with a man and you give him a big smile, that's kind of an invitation for him to come over and talk to you. Like, hi, I'm open to talking. Maybe I'm available, et cetera. Whereas in America, you might just think it's just being polite. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that, you know, might get you some unwanted attention. I didn't realize that. That was surprising to hear. Also, uh, just smiling in general real quick. I, I think that I didn't realize how used to that I, I am. So uh, I spent, I realized it's not your, but I spent some time in Seattle a couple of years ago. And there's no offense to the people of Seattle, but the time that I was there and the people that I was with, I noticed they just did not smile as much as I was used to. And it kind of weirded me out. And it's not that I want people to be fake happy or anything like that. But I guess what I learned is that it's just like as a greeting, like I feel like a smile can also work as a greeting. Whereas like if you kind of greet someone with, you know, like a, I don't know if you if you greet someone with like a scowl on your face that's a ter- certain type of energy and again i don't know i don't know what the the right balance is but i think i've just maybe gotten accustomed to people smiling all the time and so when they don't i'm like oh is something wrong but i think that at right. a certain point that's probably more on me than it is them but 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 but, <laughs> I, but but i but i have noticed that like oh that's something that i you know kind of hang on to a bit is someone smiling a lot And, you know, it's something that I think as Americans, uh, maybe that's part in, you know, obviously, like you said, Mark, different areas of the country, we might have different uh, amounts that we smile. But it has been studies have shown that if you want to improve your mood and feel better, just physically the act of smiling can help you have a more positive attitude in that moment. So I wonder if that's why we're sometimes considered overly positive. Um, but to your point about traveling, sometimes, Mark, I feel like, you know, with Southern hospitality, you know, being in the South, people are genuinely nice. And I think when some people from around, like maybe Seattle, come <laughs> and, and visit and in New York, places like that come, um, they see it as really over the top, mm. uh, passive aggressive, you know, this smiling and kindness that a lot of us Southerners put on. And I have to say, while I don't necessarily disagree that it is, can be 
put on and passive aggressive. I miss it when I travel. I'm, you know, it's so weird because I do miss like that smile and that kindness that we have for each other. When you go to a place where that's not part of the culture, it's like, ooh, is, are, are people mad? Are they in a bad mood? Mm-hmm. No, this is just, you know, you're in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love New Yorkers, by the way. I should say, like, every time I've been to New York, I love, love, love New Yorkers. Just a different amount of smiling. Yeah, no, same. Like, th- that's another thing, too, is that I feel like there's, to your point, Bill, I feel like there's different ways to show kindness. So, like, when I've gone to New York, I've always felt like everyone was very polite. It's just a different type of polite than, you know, that Southern hospitality, you know? Um, right. Mm-hmm. Or even like in Canada, I remember people being very polite. But if I was trying to remember, did they smile more or less? I can't remember. But there was perhaps just a certain politeness to it, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, just in in the in their in their manners and things like that. Yeah, I remember specifically about New York is like to your point, Mark. People always being kind, just not necessarily the smiling. Like I remember one time I was confused about a pizza shop and go, "Hey, no problem, man. You come over here, you do this." Oh, hey, he's like so kind, like walked me through this whole thing. This yeah. random stranger, um, and that would happen a lot. So I'll be in Canada at the end of the month, Mark. So maybe I can I'll, I'll be extra cognizant of the smiles. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've always enjoyed my time in Canada, and this isn't really related to manners, but uh, I. Whenever I would talk to someone in Canada, ah, man, that's too that's too general. But I'll say it anyway. Whatever. It's just like I was, <laughs> I was always just impressed by how it's just like they have their own Canadian culture, but then they also it also feels like they know about Ameri- more about American culture than I do. You know, so it's just like Ooh, I was always wow, really yeah. I was always kind of like impressed by that personally. I'm going to keep an eye out for that. No, so another section we had on here, Mark, were manners that we've learned later in life. Yeah, yeah. So. This one kind of like bleeds more into like social norms, I suppose, but something that I've been like trying to learn how to do more for myself when I talk with people is that, uh, and this may also be because I'm more introverted, but sometimes what I learned is like when someone's asking you a question, they also want you to ask them that question. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll do the opposite where someone like, and so, so, so that's just something that I've learned recently where it's just like, if I feel like someone's asking me something and I'm like, why are they asking this? One of the things I try to remember to do now, if I can, it's still not a habit, but it's being like, ask them the same question and be like, oh, thanks. I was, I was waiting for you, you know? Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. There's that passive aggressive yeah. Southern hospitality yeah. a little bit, but yeah, yeah, totally. And, and people's favorite topic is themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever you give someone a chance to talk about themselves, mm-hmm. that's usually a good idea if you're trying to work a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, Mark, I, I think like I, I used to be a big hugger and I realized not everyone is. Um, and it's as, you know, pandemic times and things have changed that quite a bit, mm-hmm. but it's important to ask before hugging someone, you know, I, like I would go hug everybody on the street. I'd be so sick, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nowadays as <laughs> my immune system tries to get catch back up. But Um, that's important, of course. And I also realized, you know, I love saying hi to people. I mentioned earlier, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, my parents tell this story where I was pushed around in a, in the cart in the grocery store and I would wave at people and I would get mad if they wouldn't wave back. I would say hi. (laughs) And then if someone wasn't looking, I would say, I said hi. (laughs) Which I guess is just (laughs) boiled over into my adult life. But to that point... (laughs) 
<laughs> not, I realize not everyone's in the high. You know, if I'm walking mm-hmm. on the Beltline, which is a, a path here in Atlanta where a lot of people walk, I'll, I'll always wave and I try to not take it at all personally if someone's not given the big friendly smile and wave because, right. you know, you never know what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, how about we move on to the spring of inspiring inspirations? So this is a time Absolutely. where we pull a quote that hopefully brings you some inspiration or some good vibes as you go on with the rest of your life. So here's a quote from Lemmy, who was a rock and roll star. And their quote is, good manners don't cost nothing. And I thought that that was a, was a good quote. Just the, I love it. Yeah, the, the idea that it's like going that extra mile, trying in your own way, not that good manners has to look like anything in particular, as we've seen and discussed, like good manners can look like any number of things, but um, it doesn't cost you anything to do your best to... Uh, you know, try to create good vibes for folks. Absolutely. And you know what? It doesn't cost folks anything to give us a listen and we appreciate it. We are so thankful for y'all tuning into our show and we hope that if it's your first time, you'll come back and listen again. And if you've been here before, so good to have you here again. We appreciate you. We're grateful for you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you can also stay in touch with us as well. You can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. You can follow us on Facebook and as well as IG at Ridiculous News. Uh, and also be sure to check out our comedy videos. So if you follow at Mark Kendall Comedy, you can find us on IG, TikTok, Facebook, as well as at Kendall Comedy on Twitter. Thank you so much, y'all. And goodbye. Yeah. Be nice out there, everybody. Mind your manners this week. And we'll see you soon. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.